Welcome to the Billy Jenkins Listening Club. Short webcasts, or what I like to call, in keeping with my photographic interests, snapcasts, offering a unique oral insight into Billy Jenkins, the man and his music. This episode is entitled Play Billy with Chris Batchelor. You've just heard an extract of Greenwich One-Way System, but not played by Billy. That was the 21st century avant-trad quartet Pigfoot, interpreting Billy's music live and literally, including what sounds like actual car horns, at the Vortex Jazz Club in North London on the 1st of October 2016. The band comprises... Chris Batchelor on trumpet, Liam Noble on piano and keyboard, James Alsop on baritone saxophone and bass clarinet, and the drummer and percussionist Paul Clarvis. With Billy seemingly and stoically finding peace as a silent musician, perhaps partly muted by his own somewhat extreme comment that the true improviser should only perform once, there is all the more reason that Billy's music and methods can and should be performed by other people, from beginners to virtuosi. So I went to talk to the virtuoso musician and trumpet teacher, Chris Batchelor, about playing Billy's compositions. To begin with, I asked him how he met the guitarist and what his first impressions of his music were. I, f- I first met Billy in the... It was in the mid-80s um, at Woodwolf, which was the, the rehearsal studio that he was running in, on just right on the river in, in Greenwich. And uh, Loose Tubes, or what was still... Yeah, but it had become Loose Tubes, all, I, I think, by then. This is probably 84, 80, 85... Um, we would rehearse there every Monday, all day, which seems like an incredible luxury now. But we were all young and had nothing else to do. And um, yeah, Billy, Billy would pop up, and he had the twins, and and it was like he, he, this was obviously like a very unusual guy straight away. There was some other things going on, and um, he just, I, I, I wasn't aware for a little while that he was a musician, um, and then. Gradually, he started to hear hear some things, and he was. I think he started using uh, Ian Bellamy and Di Pritchard, and some like lots of the tubes guys that started playing with him. So that's where I first came across him. And then um, at some point, he 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 booked me 
um, I think with Steve Buckley, John Harborn probably died definitely to do some recordings for um, for Scratches of Spain. Mm-hmm. As I remember when we were doing Scratches, that we were recording Cuttlefish, and uh, we we were we were overdubbing as a horn section, and uh, someone someone played something that was a bit slick. And Billy stopped the session. He said, "No, no, no, no. A cuttlefish wouldn't say that." <laughs> and, and, and that was that was like a quite a profound moment for me. It's just like, oh, right, okay. This is this is these these are the criteria, not like kind of like moody, clever jazz criteria, but this is like something else. You know, we 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 we're being cuttlefish. <laughs> Over the years, Chris went on to play, amongst other Billy projects, a lead trumpet role on the 1988 vinyl release of Motorway at Night, performed a supporting motivational role in two large Anglo-Austrian ensembles directed by the guitarist in Vienna in 1995, and the following year, with Chris on the teaching staff of the Middlesex University Performing Arts Jazz Faculty, Billy was invited to direct the 22-piece Student Jazz Big Band. I asked Chris about a more recent performance of a Billy composition in 2017, when the trumpeter led a National Youth Jazz Collective Summer School Ensemble, playing music written by British jazz composers. One of the pieces you got um, the students to play was Dressing Up for Church from Billy's Still Sounds Like Bromley album. Now, how did the students react to that? And how did they feel about Billy's pieces compared to other pieces by British jazz composers? I think um, they... Well, one thing is that um, Billy's writing, I think, is really strong... And there's, you know, in another life, Billy could have been a film composer or or, or writing jingles, you know, writing advert music because it, it's all, it's incredibly kind of direct and very very well well constructed melodically. He writes great tunes. They're really they're very nice to play. It's very playable music, you know, and you can't say that of everyone. Um, so so, you know, when the the theme of that summer school was was British jazz composers and and British players, um, and so I it didn't take me long to think ah oh, there's you know there's there's lots of Billy's things that that should should could work, would work, um, and 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 of course for for teenagers you know there's a kind of that subversive kind of element to it which they love it you know they love it you have a chance to do that to you enable them to be subversive is perfect um so when we were working on the music when we listened to the to the original which they really liked and uh when we were working on this and you can see this in the video we were working on a kind of like a like a a straight straight man and a funny and a funny man kind of the duos where one person would play the tune and the other player would would play all around it and, and under it and upset it and Pour, pour buckets of water on its head and everything and um that that was you know and that was educationally was a very interesting you know the discipline of doing one thing and 
the the the, the, the taking those roles was I, I think was really useful and then that that filtered into some of the other things we were playing that week as well it's just this kind of I mean I think this goes you know when we when we lose tubes when we were all 25 and very serious about how our, our, our art form and that and then suddenly Billy turned up and kind of put a big red nose on it and big shoes you know and uh, we were we were I think it, it made a big difference to quite a few of us at the time so I was just kind of passing that on. My next question to Chris was how did Pigfoot come round to play some Billy music? The gigs that my band Pigfoot were doing a series of gigs, um, Pigfoot play. So we did Pigfoot play Elvis, Pigfoot play Motown, Pigfoot play opera, and I mean the series of gigs at the Vortex where I would, I would bring a new a new pad effectively for the band on each gig, um, and uh, so somewhere along the line had the idea to to do Pigfoot play play Billy. And I uh, got in touch with Billy, and uh, he sent he sent lots of very detailed charts with lots of performance indications, and it was like very 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 specific. I'd forgotten how specific his written music can be as well. And uh, and yeah, so we did um, we did a whole night um, of of Billy stuff, which was really really great fun to play and and lent itself perfectly to that group and the way that that group plays, which is slightly anarchic uh, and and irreverent, whilst you know playing the music properly and and giving it its full um, respect. Bigfoot live at the Vortex in 2016 and what was definitely the literal sound of cuttlefish. Why do you choose to use Billy's music with students and your own band? What is it about Billy's music that really inspires? The, the writing is really strong. Um, he's melodically they're, they're they're really they're all hits really he's like he, he he's very direct um and also he captures elements of style so like dressing up for church you know the kind of the kind of greasy six eight gospel 
um, groove or the, the the Spanish things that are on scratches of Spain like the Bilbao and Columbus Day. He he he. I think he he captures the essence of a of a kind of a, a style or a stylistic area really well. And, and you know that's that's why I consider he he could have been a film composer or or commercial writer if he'd wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's very it's very useful it's not technical it's more there's more it's more about the um the atmosphere and the and the you know this thing i was i was talking about before the criteria what are the criteria for playing this music for a lot of jazz it's being it's it's knowing the scales and knowing the chords and being correct you know and uh, uh, and then you then you try and go beyond that but with Billy, it's I think it's more. His music is 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 very much about atmosphere and context, mm-hmm. really, and uh, it's, it's it's going into those things completely, being being imaginative within the context that he that he sets out, you know. And then he and then he when he when you're actually playing with him, he'll whip the carpet out from underneath you anyway. <laughs> once just as you're getting comfy. The stick in the wheel that, uh, that he often talks about. <laughs> I quietly took my leave of Chris, but not before thanking him for his time, his thoughts and insights, and also handing him £10 for a copy of the latest Pigfoot album. And I remind you, the listener, that Billy's music is still available to purchase on CD, can be heard on many popular streaming platforms, all can be downloaded from your favourite online store. By paying for the tracks, you will be helping Billy to continue his life's work. You can find out more at billyjenkins.com Inspired by the Pigfoot interpretations of Billy's music, it's reminded me how his music actually encourages those participating to create spontaneous pre-planned new arrangements. So I'm going to take my leave of this final episode of Series 4 of The Listening Club with the sound of my own solo piano attempt at playing Billy. This is my rendition of Fat People from the 1982 album Sounds Like Bromley. Thank you for listening. What is the revolve?